to just share before you. And so I just found it very great and wonderful that the worship team kind of sang the song, Draw Me Close to You. Because as you guys know the song, the song is really just talking about God's presence and wanting God's presence and desiring God's presence and even just going after God's presence. Amen. And we know that prayer is an important aspect of our walk with Christ. The Bible is, always encourages us. It's Luke 18 when it says that men are always to pray. The First Thessalonians 5, 17 says we are to pray without ceasing or to pray continuously. And so as, as a church, we always encourage and we always encourage each other to continue to pray to God. Right? However, there are times in our lives where things get difficult. There are times in our lives we face circumstances and problems and situations that just seem above and beyond us. Where it seems difficult or it seems painful or it seems like we don't know what else to do. And there are times where we just really at our wit's end. Can I get an amen on that one if you agree with me? But I say that it's during those times that we not only just need to pray, but we need to pray. We don't just need to pray, but we need to pray. In other words, there's a, there's a, there's a time where we, we're not just doing the normal prayer, but this is a time where we need to do a deep time in prayer. This is a time where we just need to cry out to God. It's during those difficult times, during those impossible times, during those times when it seems like so much is going on, that we not only just want to pray, but we want to cry out to him. And today, we want not only cry out to him, but we cry out to him in faith. Why? Because we believe God. We believe God that he's more than able to do above and beyond. We cry out to him because we need him. We cry out to him because we know we can't do it in our own. We tried and tried and tried and there's nothing we can do. But we need to cry out to him. So today, I just want to remind us and recall to us as we believe that this is our sweet 2016, that we, we need to continue to cry out to him in faith. Amen. So I just want to start off by telling you a story. And, you know, as I always begin to share. Um, I always like sharing about my marriage and what we're going through in our relationships. And I actually said, let me get permission first from my wife to make sure I don't get in trouble, right? For sharing too much, right? <laughs> she, gave it, she gave me the okay. But um, so um, what actually happened is we got the opportunity uh, two weeks ago um, not this Wednesday, but last Wednesday, basically to go to Puerto Rico. Amen. Hallelujah. Alaba for the Puerto Ricans, right? <laughs> All right. Um, so we got, this was a part, uh, actually our second time going to Puerto Rico. The first time we went, we went during our honeymoon, but we actually went on a cruise. So we didn't even really spend time in Puerto Rico. When we first went, we like, like maybe it's like two or three days, but we didn't get to really do much of anything. So we decided this time around, my wife was able to get on a sabbatical, so she had a couple of weeks off. So it's like, okay, we definitely got to go somewhere. So we decided we would go to Puerto Rico. Got everything set up, and we decided to use Airbnb, which 
And for those of you who don't know, that's just kind of where you get to s spend um, your time in people's, either in people's homes or instead of in the hotels, as people set up their homes so that you'll be able to stay in there. And our experience with that has been great. And we've always heard great things from everybody. So I definitely recommend it. We, so we said, um, we set up an Airbnb and said, okay, we're going to go and get ready. We had our flight set up. It was late at night. I never had a flight so late. We didn't get up to Puerto Rico till like 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so by the time we got there that night, all we went to do was pretty much set up everything and just went straight to bed. So we were tired, exhausted, and we knew we had to get up in the morning because the because the manager of the building was gonna come and just kind of show us around and so on. So we're like, fine, so we just, let's get up, let's get ready. Lo and behold, we get up, my wife gets goes to use the restroom and as she's getting ready to, to use the restroom, all of a sudden she hears a noise, a blumping sound. And she's like, okay, what's going on? Where's that coming from? She starts looking around and all of a sudden she looks at the shower and sees that sewage is literally coming out from the shower. Uh, so, it's just sewage. You can put your imagination as to what stuff is coming out. Right? <laughs> but it's not good. Stuff is coming out the shower. And we're like, okay, we need to call somebody. So we call the manager, and he comes, and then we, he goes, looks at it. He said, well, maybe, you know, these pipes are old, so it could just be that the pipes or something at first. And then, but then we see that the water is still coming up and still coming out. So it's going from in the shower to covering the bathroom, starting to come out into the house. So we had to get towels and just wrap it all around the building, and, and we're just trying to keep this, trying to keep this water from coming to us. And so eventually, the manager comes, realizes, or realizes that what had happened was is that somebody in, in another floor basically messed up the pipes. And so now the sewage is coming out on our floor. And so he's like, you, need, you guys just need to go right now. You need to go, let us fix it, we'll fix it up for you. And you can come back. How many now know we weren't thinking about coming back? <laughs> like, you know, it's like, um, you know, my wife actually said, do you want to go back? I was like, I don't know about going back. You don't know if it's going to happen again. <laughs> So we don't know what to do. So we contacted Airbnb, and they were great. They were like, listen, we can, we can cancel, or we'll try to set up a new place. So we tried. We tried to set up a new place, another Airbnb, and we contacted. It looked like everything was going to go through, and then the owner of the other Airbnb contact said, actually, I don't know why they showed that place was available. It's not available. So she felt so bad. So she came and picked us up. And she's like, let me take you to some other properties and see if you want to go there. And, and tried to help. she tried so hard to help us out. We felt so sorry for her. <laughs> she really did try so hard to help us out. But at this point, we had decided, you know what? Let's just go to a hotel. <laughs> let's just do let's just go to a hotel so we decided we'll go on Priceline do one of those express deals and they'll just put us in a hotel we'll tell them we want this area and we'll get into this area well lo and behold it didn't quite get us in that area it got us instead of me because where we were at was Condado and PR you know that's near where the beaches be where the beaches are, unfortunately it took us away from the beaches, took us to the Puerto Rican, near the Puerto Rican Convention Center, which if those of you who you have been to San Juan and PR, in the Puerto, at that hotel, it's a Sheraton Hotel, which is a nice hotel, but unfortunately the only thing that's there is a casino and like two other restaurants, and that's it. You ain't, unless you have a car, you're not getting anywhere else. So we were like, 
okay. <laughs> but at this point, we said, we just tired. So we're just going to go to sleep right now. We went through literally a whole day trying to find another Airbnb and then to find this whole this place. We said, we're just going to be here and we're just going to take it. So then when we woke up that morning, both me and my wife, I know I was like, okay, this is our vacation. And we want to vacate. <laughs> Can I get an amen on that one? <laughs> and right now we're stressed. We went through all this the whole night, the whole day was pretty much shot. So how, here it is the next day, and we're just like clueless as to what to do because our original plans are obviously not the plans that we had. We can't do it the same way we thought we could. So then I said, you know what, Lord, I need you. And so I just need to hear from you. So I just decided to just go on you version and just, I'm just going to have devotions and I'm just going to seek after God. And I, 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 just, I just need to, to hear from you. And lo and behold, I look and the title, the beginning title of that message was Cry Out to God. Cry out to God. And it focused on Isaiah 36 and 37. And this, this whole story literally talked about Hezekiah, Hezekiah and, and the king of Assyria coming in. But I'm going to do an abridged version because this scripture was so important. When I found out about the scripture, the scripture was so important that this one scripture was mentioned three times throughout the Old Testament. It's mentioned in Isaiah 36 and 37. It's mentioned in 1 Kings chapters 18 to 19. And then you have the what would they call the abridged or shorter version in 2 Chronicles 32. So for the because of the sake of time, I'm going to let's we go, I want you to turn Turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 32. And we're going to go start from the ninth verse. And so just to get, this is what I like to do, I like to give some background. So here it is, Hezekiah. It's Hezekiah is one of the kings of Judah. And this was a king that really as, is known as one who followed after God. So he was faithful to God. As a matter of fact, in the second Chronicles 32, starting in the first, first verse, you see right there that he was called as someone who was faithful and following and doing all that God had commanded him to do. But as he was, as he was doing what God had commanded him to do and following after God and seeking after God and just restoring Israel in terms of their worship of God and even rebuilding the city itself, what happens is the king of Assyria or Sennacherib came to attack and laid siege to, to Hezekiah and to all of Israel. Which lets us know one thing, and the one thing we got to realize and learn already, as the scriptures already just showing, is you can follow after God, and we need to follow after God. We need to seek after God. But seeking after God and following after God does not necessarily mean the devil won't attack. Can I get an amen on that one? Yeah, I know what I'm talking about. Sometimes we seek after him, we follow after him, and we do all that we can, but the devil still comes. He desires to steal, kill, and destroy, and the tests and the trials and the persecutions, and, and they come. So they come, and then here it is in this case, it comes, it comes to Hezekiah. And so, so here he is, the king is coming, the king of, of, of Syria is coming to attack the land. And what's interesting is, 
you see, starting from the first verse on to the eighth verse, you see he tries to do what he can against him. He try, in, in, in Second Chronicles 32, you see him trying to block the waters to be, able to, to be able to block the enemy from getting the water that belongs to the Israel and so that maybe they'll leave, but they don't leave. You see, in First Kings chapter 18, he tries to pay, he tries to pay the king off with the silver and the gold that comes from the temple. But he still comes after the people of God. So Hezekiah tries to do what he can do, but it just doesn't work. So how many know at times we can do what we know to do? We can do what we think is right, or we can do in our own efforts, do what we know to do, but sometimes it's just not enough. It's just not, and in this case, it was not enough. And we have to understand, this is the king of Assyria. And if you read, Isaiah, like I said, Isaiah 36 and 37 gives a full view of what is going on here. It gives a more detailed view. The king of Assyria starts approaching, the, 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 starts approaching Israel, and he literally lays out his resume. He says, listen, I have defeated this nation. I have defeated this nation. I have defeated this nation. Do you know what happened to this king? Do you know what happened to that king? Literally, several kings and nations he defeated. So this wasn't just any enemy. This was the, the enemy. As a matter of fact, when we talk about, when we read Joel, and we talked about how much he hated Nineveh, this is the kingdom from Assyria, the main capital was Nineveh. So this is the same nation that we talked about that we see in Joel. That nation that, that was evil, that destroyed kings and destroyed nations and destroyed people. This was the ones that were coming at them. So it is trouble for Hezekiah. And no matter what he tried to do originally, it just didn't work. So verse 9 and 2 Chronicles 32 says, Later, when Sennacherib, king of Assyria, and all his forces were laying siege to Lachish, he sent his officers to Jerusalem with a message for Hezekiah, king of Judah, and for all the people of Judah who were there. This is what Sennacherib, king of Assyria, says. On what, on what are you basing your confidence that you remain in Jerusalem under siege? When Hezekiah says, the Lord our God will save us from the hand of the king of Assyria, he is misleading you to let you die of hunger and thirst. Did not Hezekiah himself remove this God's high places and altars, saying to Judah and Jerusalem, you must worship before one altar and burn sacrifices on it. Do you not know what I and my predecessors have done to all the people of the other lands? Were the God of those nations ever able to deliver their land from my hand? Who of all the gods of these nations that my predecessors destroyed has been able to save his people from me? How then can your God deliver you from my hand? Now do, you, do not let Hezekiah deceive you and mislead you like this. Do not believe him from no God of any nation or kingdom has been able to deliver his people from my hand or the hand of my predecessors. How much less will your God deliver you from my hand? Now ain't that, that's like you would sit here and say, hey, he got some nerve. To be sitting there and talking about God like that. You got some nerve. But you know what? That's sometimes what happens in our lives and in our situations. Sometimes situations come up. Problems come up. And we start to say, well, is God going to deliver us? 
Is God going to save it? Can God really do this? So we might not be cursing God like that, but sometimes we let doubt and, and fear and come in. And then at this point, we're on our vacation. We're saying, you know, God, you're supposed to be with us. But here it is. We're going through this mess. And we have no idea why we're even going through this mess. It just makes no sense. God, what are we going to do? We tried to fix it. We tried to get here. We tried to get there. Now we ended up over here. What am I going to do now? What else can I do? God, are you with us? And this is the challenge that the king of Assyria charged Israel. He said, is this God really going to deliver you? Because according to my resume, he ain't del- nobody else got delivered. So what makes you so different? And that's the challenge. And he continues. Verse 16. The, he spoke further. The, the servant spoke further against the Lord God and against his servant. They wrote letters ridiculing the Lord, the God of Israel, saying this against him. Just as the gods of the peoples of the other lands did not rescue their people from my hand, so the God of Hezekiah will not rescue his people. Then they called out to Hebrew. Now this is when they get real low down low. Because now they're not just talking in Aramaic, which was just a general language that all the nations knew. Now they want to go to, into Hebrew to speak to their language. And so that, that, way, that, that way everybody in that nation will be able to know. And so he says, they called out in Hebrew to the people of Jerusalem who were on the wall to terrify them and make them afraid in order to capture the seed. They spoke about the God of Jerusalem as they did about the gods of the other people of the world. Just the work of human hands. That's, doesn't it sound like what we kind of face today? When the world today, oh yeah, that God, that's just another God made up. The Bible's just a story. It was just made up by people. Oh yeah, they got, that, that, that's, that's nice for you, but that's just an experience that, that would just last for a little while and you'll go back to your old self. And so on, so on. And this is what we face. Will God deliver us? And that was the big question. Will God deliver? Is this God really real? And when we go through our circumstances and we go through our difficult situations and we go through our problems, that is the challenge that we face. That is the question that we must ask, that gets asked, and then we must conquer. Will God really be with you? Is he real? And is he really with you. But verse 20 comes. Verse 20 comes. And it says, King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, cried out in prayer to heaven about this. Now, I love as you read Isaiah 36 and, and 37, you realize that at first, when the first king first um, heard this, he, he fasted and he prayed and he talked to Amos and he talked to Isaiah, Isaiah excuse me, and he, he began to say, say, seek God with what to do. And God responds and says, this is what he's going to do. He will deliver. But then the king continues to torture, continues to taunt them, continues to do it. And so he, this is where he gets to this point, and he cries out. And Isaiah is now just, they're not just praying anymore. They're crying out. They're crying out to God. If you look into what this word cry out means, it literally means to cry. It literally means to proclaim. It literally means to declare. It literally means to call out. 
In other words, they're not being quiet about this anymore. They're not being cute about this anymore. They're not just, Father, I thank you. Father, I need you. No, Father, we need you. Father, we call upon you. God, my Savior, my Redeemer, my Deliverer, we need you right now. That's where we're going. This is not the cute prayer. This is not the churchy prayer. This is I, this is what we call the ugly prayer. You got to get an amen on This is when you're giving your all. You're declaring your all. You're crying out, first of all, because you need him. You're, and then you're crying out because you're desperate for him. There's, you're at the point where you're at the end of the world. There's nothing you can do so you realize, I need to depend on you. And that's where Hezekiah is at. That's where Isaiah is at. We need you, God. These nations, every other nation has been killed, has been destroyed, has been taken over. God, only you can step in. And that was our challenge to us. And we said, we're going to, you know, after I read the devotion, I went to my wife. I said, baby, we need, just need to cry out to God. We just need to call upon him. I don't know what else we can do. And we still try to sit there and try to figure out this plan, that plan. But, but we end up getting frustrated, mad, upset. And I said, no, just, just cry out. God, we need you. God, take care of the situation. God, we want you. We need you. Isaiah chapter 37, 16 to 20. This is what Hezekiah prays. He says, Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubim, you alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth. So he declares, this is who you are. You are God. You control all. Nothing is impossible for you. You have made the heavens and the earth. And then he goes, give ear, Lord. Hear. Open your eyes, Lord. See. Listen to all the words that Senator Cherub has sent to ridicule the living God. So he's saying, God, listen to what's going on. Let me tell you what's going on. I need you to hear this, Lord. And he says it. He says, it is true, Lord, that the Assyrian kings have laid waste in all these peoples and their lands. They have thrown their gods into the fire and destroyed them. For they were not gods, but only wood and stone fashioned by human hands. So he says, this is what really happens. This is the real situation, God. This is king has done these things. These things have happened. And I'm going to be real before you. Sometimes when you cry out, you just got to be real before God. You just got to lay it out. This is how I feel. This is who I am. This is why I'm saying cry out because it has to deal with feelings and it has to deal with emotions. It's about being real. Like Pastor talked about even a vulnerable faith like me. It's just being who with us and being real with the situation before him and just cry out this is who I am this is how I feel this is what I'm going through but then he says now Lord our God deliver us from his hand so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you Lord are the only God he cries out but he cries out in faith why he says listen God your reputation is in it's, it's being threatened. It's not just my reverence. It's not just about me, but it's about you. It's about your promises. This is what you said. 
You said that as we will be your people, you will be our God. And you did not bring us here into this kingdom to just leave us here and get destroyed. No, Lord, this is your reputation at hand. So now, now, God, you do what you need to do. And sometimes that's what we need to do as we cry out in faith. We need to say, God, this is what you said. This is what your word said. This is what you said you will promise us. This is what you said you were going to do. And you said, if I do this, then, Lord God, you will do that. So, Lord God, this is what I've done. Now I am trusting and I am relying and I am calling on you Lord based on your word I stand based on what you said I stand based on what you've already done I stand oh God and I continue to stand and that's what we need to continue to do we need to continue to stand we need to continue to rely on we need to continue to cry and to call out to our God Don't give up calling on him. Don't give up crying out to him. Don't give up relying on him. Cry out to God in faith. And that's what Hezekiah does. He cries out to God in faith. And that's what I did. That's what we did. We each cried out to God in faith. Even got to a place where my wife was able to find some place to go. And and we went. So we found a restaurant. It was called Carly's. I'm going to do some advertising for them because that's how good it was. It was called Carly's in Old San Juan. Check them out when you go. <laughs> Carly's in Old San Juan. It was a place that not only had good food, but it was also had music. And they just happened to have a jazz that night. Who would ever known you go to Puerto Rico and find jazz? I don't know. I never thought about it. But here it is. It was a jazz singer. Her name was Kimmy Horn. Like I said, I'm going to advertise because she was that good too. A woman who was singing for like over 30 years just happened to be there. And right when we got to the restaurant, I told my wife, I got to go to the bathroom for a moment. I went to that bathroom and I cried. I said, God, I don't know what we're going to do about this vacation. But God, I'm crying out to you. You have been faithful before. You have kept us for six years, and you're going to keep us going. And we're here in this situation. We're feeling like we just want to go home, but we just can't go home right now. So, God, we just need you to fix this. Whatever you got to do, we're here in faith. We're going on. God, help us. Help us. Well, what happens? What happens? We go to that concert. And this woman sings, I'm in tears at first, but then by the end, we were joy. At the end, it turned around. By the end, I mean, the food was good. Hallelujah. Praise God for Puerto Rican food. (laughs) But the food was good, but the music was great. And we were actually got, this was the first time I ever experienced, we got to literally sit next to the musicians. We were literally like the musicians were right there and the singer was right there. So she literally had to pass by us every time she wanted to move around. So we got to know her too as a result. We even saw her after, after, after we visited her. We got to know her. And so we got to really get a real full-out experience that God had provided. We didn't tell them to make us sit there. They just kind of put us there. And we were like, okay, that's where we're going to be. And we got the experience and our hearts were uplifted. Uh, that, that depression, that anxiety, by the end of it, that concert, it was done. And lo and behold, the next day, we eventually we ended up being able to still go to two different beaches. 
We ended up going to a flamenco, flamenco um, dance show. We ended up going to a concert that was outside with salsa. We still ended up going to Condado and Isla Verde. We, 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 we still went. And we still had a great time. We found out about Uber, which is a great way to go there and not have to pay so much for the taxi. Hallelujah. <laughs> God provided. So we were still able to go around, still able to experience. God provided. Why? And what did God show us? God showed reminded us to cry out. Cry out. And it's something small, but still, the lesson there, cry out. For Hezekiah. For Hezekiah. Starting in verse 21, it says, The Lord sent an angel. After he cried out in prayer, the Lord sent an angel who annihilated all the fighting men and the commanders and officers in the Assyrian king. So God came in because of this crying in prayer and literally just stepped in and annihilated people. And then so, so, so the Assyrian king withdrew his, to his own land in disgrace. So here he is trying to go against God, and God sends them back in disgrace. And when he went into the temple of his God, the Assyrian king, some of his own sons, his own flesh and blood, cut him with the sword. So the Lord sent Hezekiah and the people of Jerusalem from the hand of Sennacherib, king of Assyria, and from the hand of all others. He took care of them on every side. And many brought offerings to Jerusalem for the Lord and valuable gifts for Hezekiah, king of Judah. From them on, he was highly regarded by all the nations. What did God do? God restored. God defeated the king. God humiliated the king and sent him home. And as he said, he would take care of him. His very own sons killed him. Why? Because he cried out. He cried out. And as God restored me, as I cried out, and God restored my wife, as we cried out, and God restored Hezekiah and the nation of Israel, what can God do for you as you cry out? There are situations, there are problems, circumstances that I know I don't have to sit there and take survey. I know we're facing. I know situations are coming on. We've, we're, we're about to experience a tropical storm <laughs> and like in, in our lives and situations that are going on, troubles that are going on. But what is God saying? Cry out to me. Cry out to me. Cry out to me and see if I will not do it. Let me share this scripture. Luke chapter 18. I love this scripture because it's a really, it's a parable that Jesus shares. And he really shares because he, he wants to encourage the people of God to pray. Luke chapter 18, verses 1 to 8. It says this, Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. So uh, let's get that picture. There's a judge. We know some of these people this time, they just don't care about what nobody says. God, man, who, I don't care who you are. I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. I'm going to say what I'm going to We don't know those people. That's what you, so picture them right here as a judge of all, of all kinds of people. <laughs> in your case, right? And there was a widow in that town 
who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. Here it is, a widow, who, woman, woman who was, did not have a husband. And, and you've got to understand, it's a patriarchal society at this time. So there was a woman who was really on her own. Really on her own, couldn't do for herself like she could before. Because she did not have her husband providing her like most women do at that time. So here it is, she really needed help. She was desperate. So she kept coming to him to really grant me justice against my adversary. And for some time, because he didn't care, he refused. No, I'm not going to do it. No, I'm not going to do it. No, I'm not going to do it. But finally, he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she eventually won't come and attack me. So she's coming to him, and she's obviously not just coming to him and saying, kind of, please, kind of. She's coming to him. She's saying, you got to do this. I need you to do this. I want you to do this. I'm not letting you go. I'm not giving you no peace. I'm not giving you no rest. I'm crying out. I'm making noise. I'm making it known. You're going to give me what I want. She's crying out. He said, because of this, I'll make sure she gets that's what she wants so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord, Jesus says, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Hear Jesus' promise. Will he not give justice to his chosen ones, to those who he loves, to those who he's called out, to those who are redeemed, who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting you off? Will he keep putting them off? And he goes on and says, I tell you, he will see, God himself will see that they get justice. And quickly, however, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And that's my challenge. Where is your faith in crying out to God? Are you crying out to him? Are you seeking him? Are you going there and saying, God, I need you. God, I want you. God, I can't do it on my own. I'm going to call to you. I'm going to cry out to you. And I'm not going to give you no rest. I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to keep on believing. I'm going to keep on seeking. God, you are more than able to do above and beyond what can even ask or think. God, we cry out. We seek you out, Lord God. Because you said, he said it, will I not give justice? Will I not do it? Will I keep putting it off? God, you will not keep putting off. So I keep seeking after you. Why? Because I know you will do it and do it quickly. God hears us. And he hears not only our prayers, but he hears our cries. Like I said, I literally cried. Literally. That's why I had to go to the bathroom. Because <laughs> I literally cried. I said, God, I need you. And he heard my little cry. Can he not hear your cry today? And for some of us, there's some things when I, as I began studying, I said, God, some things I've given up on. I said, God, forgive me. Forgive me. Because I forgot that you still hear the cry. 
And I can come back and cry again. I can come back and say, God, I cry out to you. God, though it seems like impossible. Yes, it's September of 2016, but we still got four months to go. Still got this month, October, November, December for 2016 for God to do above and beyond what we could even ask or think. This is still the sweet season. It can still be sweet. It can still be more than enough. But we still got to cry out. We still got to cry out to him. We can't let go. But we got to call upon him. So I want to know, are you seeking after him? Are you, is there a situation? Is there a circumstance that's just beyond you? There's nothing what you can't do. Are there something that you're just believing God for, for you and you tried all that you can, but it's just not enough? Or is it just something that's just so big, you can't even try anything? It's just you got to depend on God. There's no other way. I want to encourage you, even now, if you're in that place, stand. And together, let's cry out to God. Let's begin to even now cry out to God. Now, and let this be the first of many times. First of a continue crying out to him. A continue seeking out to him. And again, we're not just going to pray. But I want to encourage you, cry out. Give it to him. Give him your all in your emotion. Give him your all in your heart. I don't want to yell. I'm not going to make you yell. It's not about yelling. It's not about the sound, how loud you are. But it's about giving it all to him. Cry out to him. Be earnest in seeking after him. Lean on him. And I'm going to pray with you because I'm there too. There's some more things that I'm crying out to God for. And I'm believing. So let's cry out to him even now. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord God, that with Hezekiah, you showed us that when he was in an impossible situation where he had at the end of his rope and tried all that he could and it just didn't work, the king still came and still attacked and still wanted to take over, but he cried out. The Lord said he cried out to you. He said, Lord, I depend on you. You're more than able and I need you. God, we now cry out to you. Every single person here, you know who they are. You know what they're going through, oh God. You know what they face, the things that are seem impossible, the things that hurt and cause pain, the things that are just, like, they can't even do anything about it, Lord God. But God, I cry out, Lord God, as well, for the things in my life, as well as for the things in their lives. And I say, God, we need you. God, the creator of heaven and earth, the one who does above and beyond what you can even ask or think, the creator, the sustainer, the deliverer, the almighty God, the one who was and is and is to come, we cry out to you. We call upon you. We depend upon you. We need you, God. Forgive us, Lord God, when we sought anything else, Lord God. 
or we just stopped or we just came off, Lord God. When you showed us in Luke, Lord God, that we need to keep on. We once again, we once again, we come back and we say, God, we need you. Do what only you can do. Heal, Lord God, like only you can heal. Save like only you can save. Provide like only you can provide, Lord God. We need you, Jesus. And we believe, Lord God, that as Jesus says, will you not, God, prove justice and come quickly, Lord God? Will you not deliver, Lord God? Will you not, Lord God, do it, Lord God? We believe you even now as we cry out that you hear us and that you will answer. Lord God, that before 2016 ends, Lord God, we will see you do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think, Lord God. We will see hands answered. We will see lives saved. We will see transformation in our jobs, transformation in our homes, transformation in our loved ones, Lord God. We will see you give us more than enough, Lord God, because we call upon you. And we cry out to you. And we commit ourselves that this will not be the only time we cry out, Lord God. This will be the first of many times when we call upon you. The first of many times when we cry out to you. The first of many times when we seek you, Lord God. And we will see you do it, Lord God. As Hezekiah sold the deliverance of Israel, Lord God, we will see you deliver. We will see you do it, Lord God. And we will praise you. We worship you. We adore you. We magnify you. Even now on credit, Lord God. Oh, God, we thank you for answering. God, we thank you for doing it. God, we thank you for your presence. God, we thank you for your provision. God, we thank you for giving more than enough. God, we thank you for hearing. And we thank you for answering, God. You're able. You're able. You're able, God. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. And amen.